For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa, as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Thursday as we're wrapping up um, really the, the first week of August. Can you believe it, you guys? I mean, really, it's August 3rd. I cannot believe we're already in August. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Don't forget to check me out on social media, on Instagram. I am at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. You can also reach me by email at Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Again, Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. I will tell you that I was in Greece last week. Phenomenal trip. Um, just so blessed to, to have the opportunity to go there, uh, hang out with some great friends. Um, I had not been to Greece before, so it was really, really a fascinating trip. Also, a couple of days in Athens. Uh, climbing ancient ruins. Ancient ruins are my jam. I could climb ancient ruins all day, every day. Whether in Italy, Roman Empire, Greece, Greek Empire, uh, in Israel, where you have multiple empires represented in Israel, I, I'm just fascinated by ancient ruins and the stories that they tell over the course of millennia. So on my Instagram, which is again, Monica Crowley underscore, uh, I posted the first round of pictures from Mykonos, uh, really fun pictures. So go check it out there. And I have more photos to come. I just haven't had an opportunity to, to get to them and post them, but they will be coming up shortly. So check me out on social media and, and check 
out uh, the trip. And guys, if you haven't already had a chance to go to Greece, really, it's, it's a bucket list item. It's endlessly fascinating. It's a beautiful country. And the food, healthy and delicious. You know, every time I go to Europe, I lose weight, even though I eat like a horse. And it's because there, there are really no preservatives in any of the food. It's all fresh. So in Greece, it's the tomatoes, the feta cheese, the Greek salads, the moussaka. Everything is so good, and it's so fresh. Um, and of course, you know, when you're in a foreign country and you've got a limited amount of time, you're usually sightseeing or you're running around or you're, you're swimming or whatever you're doing, so you're burning it all off anyway. I actually came back having dropped a few LBs which I didn't need to, but I'm saying it's, it's really quite remarkable when you go overseas and you're eating fresh food. And it's, it was all just a beautiful trip. So go check out the photos on my Instagram. All right. Um, coming up next week, I'm actually not quite sure what we're going to do on the show next week. Just being totally honest with you, I am working on a couple of big guests. So they're not confirmed quite yet. So I don't want to uh, sort of drop a teaser without having stuff confirmed. But we've got a number of really big shows coming up here on the Monica Crowley podcast. Later today, we're going to talk to a, a fantastic mayor out of Utah named Trent Staggs. Who is he? Well, I'm going to tell you, and he's going to join us. He's had enough of Mitt Romney. Haven't we all had enough of Mitt Romney? Hell yeah. So this mayor, Mayor Staggs, has decided to do something about Mitt Romney, and he is challenging him in the Republican primary. Um, Coming up, Mitt Romney is up for re-election next year, and Mayor Staggs is saying, enough of Mitt Romney. We need a real America First representing us uh, in the state of Utah in the U.S. Senate. And so he's putting his money where his mouth is, and he's challenging Romney and I could not be more supportive or happier that he's doing it. And so I sought him out and I was like, got to come on the podcast and tell us what's up. First of all, what is going on in Utah? Is Mitt Romney delivering anything for his state? Or is he just flapping his lips against Donald Trump? We're going to find the inside scoop. And you know what, guys? We have to support people like this if we're going to turn this country around. And that's why I want him here. So he is just moments away. But first, the Monica memo. Presidents, presidents, everywhere we look, presidents. Want to get to a lot of different presidents today. I also want to mention that yesterday I had a column published at Newsweek called the Trump indictments are his rocket fuel Please go check it out. You can see it at newsweek.com. Also, I've posted it across my social media on Instagram, Twitter, and True Social. So you can check it out there. Please read it. Uh, very proud of the piece. They, they actually uh, emailed me and solicited the piece from me, and I was getting on a bus yesterday. I came back from Greece. And you know, when you come back from a a trip long or short, you have all this stuff to do. You got to unpack, go through your mail. So I was doing a lot of different things. And then I had to get to a different location out of New York City yesterday. So I was on a bus and I get this email and I'm like, oh man. And the editor-in-chief, Batya, who is incredible, um, she she runs the op-ed section uh, at Newsweek now, and she was like, we really want this piece. Can you please, please do it? And so on the bus, I wrote this column on my phone, 
which I hate. I mean, I know that the kids love the phone and they do everything on the phone. They watch TV on the phone. They watch videos on the phone, YouTube, whatever. I need a bigger screen. I just do. It has nothing to do with eyesight or anything like that. I just, I'm not comfortable like word processing, writing a like a, a real important op-ed for Newsweek on my phone and doing it in the body of an email, I just hate the whole thing. But I did it because it was, first of all, they had asked and they really wanted it. And I was happy to do it. And secondly, the message I wanted to get across about these Trump indictments was a really important one. So I did it on my phone. Came out great. Really proud of it. So please go check that out. Now, moving on to the real Monica Memo. Today, Donald Trump has been arraigned in Washington, D.C. on the third indictment that's been leveled against him, this time on January 6th, uh, and the legitimate questions he raised about the 2020 election. You have to ask yourself, what happened in that 2020 election that the system is so desperate to cover up? I don't know. We do know that there were all kinds of shenanigans that happened in places like Philadelphia, places like Atlanta and Detroit and elsewhere, all, interestingly, in swing states. But apparently now in America, you're not allowed to ask questions about the legitimacy of an election or even legit uh, questions about how an election was carried out unless you're on the left. If, If you're on the left, you can ask questions about elections all day long especially when you lose them. The year 2000, Al Gore. The year 2004, John Kerry. The year 2016, Mrs. Clinton. uh, Stacey Abrams' election in Georgia. And, And countless other elections that Democrats have lost where they whine about it for years on end and claim that they actually won and that the Republican who did actually win is illegitimate in order to delegitimize that person and everything that they do in office. This is their playbook. This is the Sololinsky Marxist communist playbook. And they do it really well because they have the amplification and protection of the press. So they can get out there all day long shooting off their lies about their elections and how the person that beat them was illegitimate but if we try to do it and raise real questions about real things that go on, oh, time for an indictment. Time to be attacked, smeared, indicted, possibly imprisoned, having your life ruined. So, of course, all of these indictments, including that this last one uh, where he's being arraigned today, they are as much messaging events as they are legal events. And the message is to all of us, the message is to Trump, don't you dare run again, or we will take out the big guns even more than this and really destroy you and destroy your life and the lives of everybody around you, including his valet, the maintenance guy at Mar-a-Lago. The two of those guys have also been indicted. And I know this is a regular tactic of prosecutors. They go for smaller fish and they put the squeeze on the smaller fish to try to get them to flip on the bigger fish. So let's ruin the life of the maintenance guy at Mar-a-Lago to try to get Donald Trump in order to try to stop him. 
These are all messaging events. This is not to downplay these indictments or the power of uh, Joe Biden's corrupt administration, including his radical, political, disgusting attorney general, um, as well as this radical, disgusting hack of a special counsel, Jack Smith, who was chosen for this purpose to go after Donald Trump and slap all of these indictments on him. I mean, this guy had a couple of years at Maine Justice working with Lisa Monaco, who is now Merrick Garland's number two at DOJ. It's all an incestuous web of Marxist communist liars and pathological criminals who are trying to destroy the country. So all of these indictments have nothing to do with the law or the equal application thereof. What these indictments are about are messaging event to Trump, but really to the rest of us who believe in, in America first and that agenda and who love our country and want to see it saved, don't even think about it. Don't even think about raising your head above sea level here to try to do something to stop us, because if you do, look at what we're doing to Donald Trump. We will do this to you too. We will destroy your life, destroy your reputation, bankrupt you, and possibly throw you in prison. That's what the message is. We now have a gangster government. We're basically being run by the mob. That's what's going on here. You know, the mob sends messages all the time. Well, your government that you're paying for is also now sending messages all the time. And the messages are one of destruction, intimidation, and silencing. So this latest Trump indictment is the exact same thing. These are messaging events as well as legal ones. Also keep in mind that these indictments, this is about making the process the punishment. So what the left believes is that it is much better to ask for forgiveness than permission. So they go ahead and do all of this illegal stuff, unethical stuff, horrifying stuff, destructive stuff. And then afterwards, they don't even ask for forgiveness, right? They don't even say, oh, whoopsie-daisy, our bad. They just keep going. And the cases fall apart or they get dismissed. And then they've long forgotten about it. They might prosecute here and there, whatever. But for the most part, they slap you. They get the major headlines and the news coverage and everybody going wild. And then the thing sort of peters out. You never get an apology. You certainly never get accountability. Nothing. I mean, some people on our side are trying for the accountability, whether it's on the Russia hoax or the COVID lies or the, the, the two fake impeachments or whatever the case might be. There are some actors on our side who try to get answers and try to deliver accountability. But for the most part, it doesn't happen. The stuff just like peters out. The, the headlines are no more because we've moved on to other stuff. These are old stories. And so it just sort of disappears. And they shrug and go on. But they never ask for permission, and they certainly never apply the rule of law to what they are doing, ever. They just go and do it. These are all the hallmarks of a tyranny. You realize we're no longer in a representative republic, right? I mean, we haven't been for quite a while, but this is where we are right now. 
So, of course, all of this is designed to stop Donald Trump, but more importantly, it's designed to stop us. It's designed to stop the America First movement, of which he is the leader. When you look back on the 50 or 60 year arc of the American people, you and me figuring out our own power and coming together, it's really both a beautiful history and it's also a terrifying one because every single time we have come together, felt our own power, the left has come in to destroy it. The uni party has come in to destroy it and to disperse us. Starting with Richard Nixon and the great silent majority, that was really the first modern expression of what we now know as the America First movement. They went in, discredited the great silent majority, and destroyed Richard Nixon. Any good movement really needs a leader, even the most organic movement, like the America First movement, or the great silent majority movement, or the Reagan revolution, or the Tea Party. It's all the same movement. Generally speaking, even when you have an organic movement like this, you need a powerful leader to give it voice, to give it expression. So Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, Tea Party did not have one, although I would say the honorary leader of the Tea Party movement was Barack Obama. And we're going to get to him in just a second. We got some good stuff on him. Donald Trump, the leader of the America First movement. So the leaders have to be taken out um, and neutralized, and then it destroys the movement, or the movement gets so dispirited and discouraged that it just kind of peters out as well. This is their playbook. Donald Trump is the most resilient of them all because he's not one of them. He's not part of the system. He only cares about saving America, which means... He's got to be destroyed. So this latest indictment, which like the others have nothing to do with the law, uh, slapped in a week where, of course, we're getting voluminous evidence of ever-increasing Biden family corruption. I want to make this point. It's a really important point. The left and their wingmen in the propaganda press are masters of distraction and deflection. They will always, when they are in trouble, throw out a shiny object and watch you run after it. And every single time we do, because most of the time their shiny objects are legit stories, like this Trump indictment. Obviously, Donald Trump is being arraigned today. That is a story. A former president of the United States, indictment number three. This is a huge story. So, of course, everybody has to cover it, including us. You have to cover it. They know that. And so they wield these things and they wield their power to create stories you must cover. They wield that power really effectively. And again, when you've got the protection of the propaganda press, you can literally do whatever you want. And the press will just jump when, when the system says to the press, jump, the press says, how high? And then they carry the water and do their dirty work and amplify this stuff for days, weeks, years on end. They certainly do their part. So, of course, everybody today 
is on the Trump story. We've seen a pattern starting from June where every single time we get more evidence of Biden family corruption, they slap Donald Trump with an indictment. June 7th, the FBI releases documents to Congress alleging that the Bidens took a $10 million bribe from the Ukrainian uh, energy company Burisma. June 8th, literally the next day, Jack Smith, the special counsel, indicted Trump in the classified documents case. July 26th, Hunter Biden goes to court and rejects this. July 26, Hunter Biden goes to court and his sweetheart plea deal implodes after the judge realizes that they're trying to snooker her um, and that the DOJ tried to give Hunter Biden blanket immunity from future prosecutions having to do with, in particular, all of this foreign dirty money coming into the Biden crime family. Well, the judge was not having it and the deal imploded and we saw all of that corruption being exposed. Literally the next day, Jack Smith adds more charges for Trump in the classified documents case. July 31st. Hunter Biden's former business partner, Devin Archer, testifies to Congress that Joe Biden was on over 20 phone calls with his son's business partners and that Burisma executives pressured them to fire the prosecutor in Ukraine, withholding a billion dollars. Joe Biden is literally on tape at the Council on Foreign Relations bragging about how he got that Ukrainian prosecutor fired by threatening to withhold a billion dollars in foreign aid to Ukraine. He got the prosecutor fired. Why? The prosecutor was looking into Burisma corruption. And of course, Burisma corruption is Biden corruption. So can't have that. Got to get the guy fired. Boom. Devin Archer exposes that literally the next day, August 1st, this week, Jack Smith indicts Trump again for January 6th related nonsense. All of these indictments, by the way, are just junk indictments, no connection to the law. That doesn't mean that they can't, uh, in a very warped sense, apply a warped interpretation of the law, which is what they're trying to do, stretch it and desperately try to get convictions of Donald Trump. And in most of these venues, it looks like they'll be able to. Washington, D.C., New York City. Uh, The other one, the classified documents one, is in Florida, but the indictment was brought in Washington, D.C., and the Jack Smith was like, oh, whoops-a-daisy, I'm going to move it to Florida. I mean, you you know that convictions are coming because these are heavily, heavily Democrat uh, areas. So, you know, again... They're making something out of nothing, but that doesn't mean that nothing can't be very dangerous to Trump and uh, and to his future here. So now all of this is going on and unfolding before us. A couple of important points here. Um, I don't believe Jack Smith is done. I mean, he just slapped another additional charges on Trump on the classified documents case. It may be that on the January 6th case, he's not done either. Um, he could slap Trump with additional charges, including uh, perhaps one on seditious conspiracy, which they've also gone after uh, some of the January 6th defendants, the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers and others with seditious conspiracy. If they do that, I mean, that that is the insurrection charge, which he doesn't have in this original indictment. He could still do it. 
So watch for that. Because what the left loves to do, and they're good at it, is they love to sort of machine gun charges like this, whether it's just accusations in the press or whether it's criminal charges, indictments, and so on. They like to do the one-two punch. And again, they're good at it because they are strategic. So it may be that this is the first punch on January 6th, but Jack Smith in his back pocket has additional charges to come. Maybe. I don't know, but keep an eye out for that. And the second thing is Georgia has not weighed in, and that Soros prosecutor looks like she is going to bring charges. Fannie Willis, the DA there um, in Georgia. So we are not done. We are not done with the charges to be brought against Donald Trump here. Okay, and realize that none of this was by coincidence and none of it was an accident. They were all coordinating with uh, the Biden White House, with uh, Merrick Garland and the DOJ, with Chris Ray at the FBI. All of this was coordinated. I am sure that they were all talking to each other about how to roll out these indictments and these charges. Alvin Bragg, you go first in New York. And then Jack Smith, you go next with the Mar-a-Lago classified documents indictment. And then we'll bring another indictment for January 6th. And then Georgia, you go, and we will tie it all up in a pretty little corrupt bow. That is what's actually happened here. None of this is going on willy-nilly. They have this all packaged and ready to go and timed. January 6, 2021 was two and a half years ago. Why didn't they bring these charges earlier? Not a complicated case such as it is. So we know why. All of this is timed so that Donald Trump is standing trial on all this stuff next year when he's supposed to be campaigning. So all of this, of course, is election interference. It's coming from the president of the United States and his administration. There is no more equal application of law and there's no more independence of the judiciary, number one, and the DOJ and FBI, number two. They are not neutral bodies and have not been for a long time. A couple of other big points here. While we are talking about Donald Trump's arraignment today, and his indictment earlier in the week. You know what we're not talking about as a country? We are not talking about Hunter Biden's former uh, business partner testified to Congress this week and delivered mountains of evidence of Biden family corruption, bribery, and treason. Very limited talk about that, right? You know what we're also not talking about this week? Project Veritas has Ashley Biden, Joe Biden's daughter, she of the infamous diary, which there was debate back and forth whether or not the diary was legit because in the diary, she unloads a lot of stuff on her very dark family, including the fact that as a younger girl, she showered inappropriately with her father, Joe Biden. And that her sexual promiscuity probably came as a direct result of the fact that her father was inappropriate with her. Well, this week, Project Veritas drops a video of Ashley Biden admitting, in fact, that the diary is hers. Ashley Biden verifying on tape 
that the diary is hers. Not talking about that. Oh, everybody, a shiny object, Donald Trump being arraigned yet again. You know what else we're not talking about this week? That a dead body was found on the private property of a former president of the United States, Barack Obama's estate in Martha's Vineyard, his chef and friend found dead after a paddleboarding accident with nothing in the Martha's Vineyard police logs, just empty for that entry. A dead body found on the private... Can you imagine just for one second a dead body being found on the Bedminster uh, golf course. I, all hell would be breaking loose. A dead body found on the property of Mar-a-Lago? Are you kidding me? That coverage would be all day, every day. But here, we got a dead body floating in eight feet of water. Barack Obama's friend and chef, and not a peep. Total radio silence on this total media cover-up on this. I don't know the details on it. Maybe it was a straight-up accident. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe there was something nefarious going on there. But guess what? We will never find out. And we're not talking about that because Trump's being arraigned again. You want to know what else we're not talking about? The weak Biden economy. Inflation remains sky high. Gas prices increasing every day. So your price of fuel, which is built into the price of everything you consume, is going way up. We're not talking about that. You want to know what else we're not talking about? The wide open border. It remains wide open. Millions of illegal immigrants flooding the country. We're also not talking about the fact that Fitch downgraded U.S. credit yesterday. Nobody talking about that. We're also not talking about the evaporation of law and order, that particularly in our cities, you cannot go into a drugstore and buy a tube of toothpaste without having to ask somebody to open a glass cabinet because it's all under lock and key. We're also not talking about the fact that America's great cities are in total collapse. We're not talking about the fact that China is increasingly aggressive against us, against Taiwan, against all of their neighbors. And we're also not talking about hundreds of billions of dollars continuing to go to Ukraine. We are not talking about any of this because we have the distraction created by the left of Donald Trump being indicted and arraigned today. This is exactly what they want. Look, they know unless they spring another pandemic on us next year, if they're going to run Joe Biden, they know that they need help. They got to manufacture a big, big distraction. What's a bigger distraction than Donald Trump in multiple courtrooms while he is trying to run for president? I don't know. I can't think of one, but the left has a lot of imagination and I'm sure they can come up with something. But this is going to be their crisis plan. This is it. Again, maybe they have additional stuff teed up and ready to go because not much sticks to Donald Trump, thank God. But as I write in my Newsweek piece, again, go check it out. This is their crisis plan for next week to try to stop Trump. They cannot believe that the man is still standing. 
after everything that they have thrown at him from the Russia hoax to two fake impeachments to a rigged 2020 election to January 6th being totally infiltrated and orchestrated by the feds to you name it, to all of these indictments, they cannot believe that the man is still not only standing, but stronger than ever. Looking at these polls, incredible. So really their last big attempt to neutralize him will be to try to tie him up in court with, you know, multiple court cases next year, have him in courtrooms nonstop, have those images go out, make him look like a crook, drain his resources so he has less money, time, energy to actually go out and campaign and try to stop him that way by securing convictions that will stick and not be overturned. I'm looking at this. I'm not a lawyer, but lawyers that I respect, uh, Jonathan Turley, there are others, this particular indictment, but the others too, you know, they are very thin reads and they are likely, if there is a conviction, not to survive appellate review. And if they do survive appellate review, uh, that the Supreme Court will overturn all of this. Jack Smith has a record of being overturned by higher courts because he's just a left-wing um, hitman. That's what he is, a legal hitman. Um, so, you know, but the process has to go forward because they've begun it, so it's got to go forward. And again, the process is the punishment for Trump. All of this stuff is likely just to disappear once it hits the Supreme Court, be thrown out, but that could take years on end. So the process is the punishment. So they want this huge distraction next year, not just for Trump, but for everybody else, because Biden cannot run on a record. He is a senile, ancient fossil and hack who is the most corrupt president in American history. The media all knows this. The left all knows this. This is why they want him there. But they know that he will not be able to hide in his basement again unless they spring another pandemic on us, which is possible. But they've got to find another way to distract the American people from the failure and the corruption that is Joe Biden. And the way that they're going to do that is by distracting everybody. With Every day, Trump is going to be in a new courtroom So the images, the coverage, everything will be centered on that. And again, no one will be talking about the Biden family corruption, bribery, and treason, and the absolute implosion of this country from the economy to the military, to our foreign policy, to the border, to law and order, the absolute implosion that has happened under Joe Biden. Nobody will be talking about that. And that's how they're going to hope to smooth the path for Biden to get reelected. Just as the whole COVID thing and Biden in the basement was a way for them to smooth his way in, in 2020. Now, you know, the game plan, this is it. Before we hit this first break, one final point on this. So many people ask me, and and I'm sure there's a lot of speculation in in your circles as well, as to who is actually running the country. And I've often said, it's clear, it's Barack and Michelle Obama and everybody from the Obama administration, the Obama team, the Obama machine. It's all of them who are pulling the strings here. 
We just mentioned the fact that a dead body was found on his property, and you know that Obama remains incredibly powerful and someone to be protected by the fact that the press will not cover the fact that a dead body was found on his property. Accident or no, we'll never know because the cover-up from law enforcement to the uh, legal process to the media, they're all on board with covering this up. But the one who is actually pulling the strings, running the country into the ground, is Barack Obama. What is it, by the way, about Democrats, Martha's Vineyard, and water? Ted Kennedy let a girl drown after driving her off of a little bridge and saving himself. He was in a drunken stupor. Um, He saved himself, but he let the girl drown. Now you got Barack Obama with another person drowning in, you know, in his vicinity on Martha's Vineyard. And the story kept changing that the Obamas weren't home and then they were home, but they were on the island somewhere else. I don't know. But we will never likely get the truth, just like the whole Paul Pelosi story. You're you're never going to get it because everything is so incredibly corrupt. But now we learn that Barack Obama, and this is another big reason why they got to protect him. We're learning now that Barack Obama is regularly hanging out with Joe Biden. Remember, he couldn't really stand Joe Biden. He chose Joe Biden as like a, a security blanket running mate. You know, sort of like um, when you've got an untested guy like an Obama or even a Trump, you know, untested at the national political level, when they run for president, they usually choose a vice president who's going to reassure people who might be a little uneasy about voting for you. But look, I've, I've, my first big choice is for a steady hand as my number two. Now, Joe Biden certainly isn't a steady hand, but that was the impression that Barack Obama wanted to give to people by choosing Joe Biden as his running mate. Look, I have this elder statesman, such as it is, as my running mate, so God forbid something happens to me, you'll be in good hands. We know none of that's true, but this was the tale that they told. In the Trump case, Because Trump had never done any of this before, he wanted to be able to reassure people that he had a steady hand, Mike Pence, somebody who had been around for a while. Now we know Mike Pence is a giant weasel throwing Trump under the bus on January 6th and and everything else. He's running against him. It is what it is. But that's usually part of the calculation that goes into a running mate. Or like in the case of Kamala Harris, she's such an idiot that that whole thing was about an insurance policy for Joe Biden. You want to get rid of me? Think again, because look who's going to replace me. She's an idiot and a nightmare. So, you know, they do that kind of calculation as well. But now we're learning, you know, and uh, by the way, Barack Obama could not stand Joe Biden. Remember his infamous quote, (laughs) never underestimate Biden's ability to F things up. Exactly. So Obama doesn't have much respect for Joe Biden. Um, Joe Biden was installed so that Obama and all of the people around Obama could uh, use him as a puppet. They are the puppeteers. So there's no love lost here, but Obama is faking it enough so that he can still have control over Biden and what he does. And now we're learning that Obama and Biden are regularly hanging out. 
According to the Washington Post, quote, Obama was visiting the White House for what Biden aides described as a regular catch-up between the two men who served in the White House together for eight years. So that's point one, their regular catch-up. I'm not sure that that's been reported before, that the two of them have been hanging out regularly. Now we know. Now we know. And I think it's clear that they're hanging out regularly because Obama is running the show. So he's ordering the instructions and Biden absorbs them, takes them, and then executes. Or at least the people around senile Biden are executing on what Obama is, you know, the marching orders that Obama is bringing to him. Then the Washington Post, uh, and really this was the big headline here, but I think the regular catch-ups are the bigger headline. But the Washington Post is reporting that Obama expressed deep concerns to Biden about Donald Trump's massive political talents and political appeal. Well, duh, everybody can see that. I mean, the fact that Trump is still driving crowds of you know, 10 up to 50, 75,000 people eight years after first declaring for president, Obama couldn't drive those crowds and they know it. So at least Obama is operating in reality that Donald Trump is wildly popular, even more so now after all these fake indictments. So the Post is reporting, and I'm assuming that, that Obama and his team leaked this, that he told Biden, look, you got to look out because Trump is really a political powerhouse here. Don't underestimate a man. Don't do it. That is true. Literally, I think that within the next day or so came this latest indictment of Trump. So they know they can't beat Trump at the ballot box. They couldn't in 2020. They had to rig the whole thing. They had to shut down the Trump roaring economy. They had to flood the zone with mass mail-in balloting and everything else in order to try to stop Trump. And they did other dark stuff too. This time around, Obama is saying, you guys, you better look out because Trump is as strong as ever and he's got some real talents here. Well, yeah, which is why they slapped him with another indictment and more to come, more to come. They can't do it on the up and up, so they got to play sleazy and dirty and this is what we're up against here. So as long as we recognize that and are prepared And again, I don't know how prepared we really are. Hope Trump and his team are prepared. Hope the RNC is prepared. Hope our state Republican organizations are prepared. But I doubt it. We're a hot mess, always. On this show, we raise the alarm and we try to get stuff organized so that we actually can fight toe-to-toe with the dark left. All right, let's hit a break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Mayor Trent Staggs, who is running in the Republican primary against Mayor Romney. These are the kinds of people we need to carry on the fight. Sit tight. We're coming right back. Well, we talk a lot on this show about how we're going to make real changes. And in order to do that in this country, we need leaders who get it, who are not part of the corrupt system, but who have the courage to take on the corrupt system. And when I say corrupt system, you guys know, we talk about the uni party all the time. It's not just the communist left. It's not just the propaganda press. It is the uni party. And I have said 
many times that, you know, I fault Republicans like Mitch McConnell and Mitt Romney more than I fault an Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or a Bernie Sanders, because the folks on the left, they're, they're very obvious about who they are, what they believe, and what they intend to do. The people supposedly on our side lie to us all the time about limited government, fiscal responsibility, wanting to take on the left, and then they do none of it. I mentioned Mitt Romney because he is one of the worst. And by the way, I want my 2012 presidential vote back because he has been an absolute disgrace. What do we do about it? Well, our guest here today has an idea about what to do about it. Trent Staggs is the mayor of Riverton, Utah, who is challenging Senator Mitt Romney in the Utah Republican primary to replace the uni party nightmare Mitt Romney in the United States Senate. It is long past time for Romney to have a forced retirement, and Mayor Staggs is the guy to do it. His campaign website is trentstaggs.com. That's S-T-A-G-G-S, trentstaggs.com. So please go there and check him out. Trent Staggs joins us now. Mayor, welcome. Hi, so great to be with you today. Well, it is so good to have you here, and I've wanted to talk to you for for quite a while now because, again, as I laid out, we need more people like you who are willing to step up and challenge those on our own side who are just, either they don't get the moment that we're in in this country or they get it and they have just disregarded it for their own empowerment and enrichment. So before we get into why you decided to take on Mitt Romney here, you are a successful mayor, again, of Riverton, uh, Utah. Tell us a little bit about your background and why you decided to go into politics in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a little bit by uh, by happenstance, but uh, I, I am a lifelong Utahn. I think that's a, a, a good distinction in this race, too. I mean, I like to say from from elementary school to graduate school, I've attended Utah schools. I've raised my family here. I have a 13 year old son, 11 year old daughter. My wife and I do. And um, and we love the state. I, I've, I've operated several businesses here, you know, post MBA school, postgraduate school and been asked often to sit on the boards of these companies, uh, help kind of get alien organizations back on their feet. I've, I've developed a reputation for that. And more recently, I was on the board of directors of a company that just got listed on NASDAQ, uh, took it public last year in the energy space, um, have been in elected office 10 years in Riverton. And we have done, uh, I just I just really enjoy it. This has been, it's been impactful. You can see the difference that you make here at the local level. And we've done quite a few things with this community actually cut taxes. We've cut spending, innovated to lower the cost of government. I attribute that to a lot of my business background and being able to uh, to, to take a little bit of an innovative approach. And, you know, my wife and I had decided um, I never saw myself running multiple terms here. I'm in my second term as mayor. And we just thought, you know, let's continue our public service in a different office. And, and this race in particular kept coming up because of Mitt Romney and, and just his his inability to really connect with the voters of Utah and and represent and do what he said he would actually do. 
How did he originally sell himself to the people of Utah? Because obviously I, I know I'm very familiar with his presidential campaign. I voted for him for president, obviously. But, you know, people sort of gloss over his, uh, his original campaign in the state of Utah because they figured, well, he was going to be a shoe-in, and he was, right? I mean, in the family name, Romney, is very big in the state of Utah. He is a Mormon. Obviously, the Mormon community is very big in, in Utah. So people just didn't quite pay attention to how he ran that camp- campaign and what he told Uh, the folks in Utah about the kind of senator he would be and what he would do. Can you remind us of what he told you guys back then and then compare that to what he has actually done in the U.S. Senate um, and the the division between what he promised and what he's delivered? Yeah, absolutely. And it is a stark, stark contrast. And we, we call this out in our launch video. I, you know, we, we just launched this campaign about two months ago and Posted to Twitter, we had over a million views already, um, and we we called out a thirty second spot. And I remember this quite vividly because it was my first year as mayor. And as he was making the rounds, um, he said in his campaign stops the exact same things he said in this video. This thirty second spot he entitled "Fight for." He said, "If you elect me as your senator, Utah, I will fight every day for you. I'll put us on a path to a balanced budget. I will end illegal immigration." I'll stop federal spending and overreach, and I will appoint conservative justices to the court. Now, (laughs) you look at his record, it's been the complete opposite of that. I mean, conservative justices, Tanji Brown Jackson, I mean, this radical Supreme Court justice who can't define what a woman is, um, that is not at all in keeping with what Utahns wanted. Uh, He says that he would have uh, stopped federal spending and overreach. We know that's not true. He's voted for trillions more in Omnibus and several other um, things that have caused our debt now to pop $32 trillion. And when he said he would end illegal immigration, not true. He had opportunities to work with President Trump on a border wall and other initiatives that would you know, stop the, the flow that we have. We've got over 6 million people that have come in just since this, this administration. That's twice the size of my state, Monica. It's, it's enormous. And mm-hmm. he was also one of just a handful of Republicans that voted to confirm Secretary Mayorkas, who is a complete disaster on this border situation and ought to be impeached. Um, and when he, with respect to a balanced budget, that was his number one priority. Well, he had a great opportunity to support our Senator Mike Lee when he authored a letter the first week of May, to President Biden saying, we are not going to raise the debt ceiling unless we get substantial spending cuts and budget reforms. 42 other Republicans signed that letter to include Mitch McConnell, and we couldn't even get Mitt Romney, our junior senator, to sign that letter and that commitment. For somebody that purports that that's a big priority for them, balanced budget, he did not act. And that's what Utahns are seeing. They are tired of this. He votes with Biden 60% of the time. Uh, Biden encouraged his run back in 2018. Some people forget that. There's all types of clips and footage that show that. Um, and and Utahns are now wise to it. They are now wise to Mitt Romney and his uh, his pandering and promises that he's made. Uh, they're just, his record doesn't reflect that at all. And I loved your opening segment because we should be more angry with these types of Republicans, these Republicans in name only that uh, flat out lie to their voters, pander to them to get voted into office. And I said in an op-ed, enough is enough, why I'm going to replace Mitt Romney. I said, look, he's either asleep at the wheel or he's helping the progressives steer this country off a cliff. 
you know, you just you just put out a shocking statistic, which I wasn't aware of, Mayor, which is that Mitt Romney votes uh, for the Biden agenda 60 percent of the time. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, that is unbelievable. I mean, that is shocking, shocking. And it should shock, first of all, everybody in America because he's sitting in the U.S. Senate. So while he's representing Utah, he's also part of a body representing the country. But also the folks in Utah, are they aware that he is so closely aligned with the Biden White House and the Biden agenda? Some people have um, have have forgotten that or they they just haven't been paying attention, but we're letting them know, Monica, since we've announced Romney is down 11 points in this state. Um, he is now only at about the in the 30 to 40 percent, right around 40 percent with Republican voters in this state. And as we get out and remind people in this great state what he promised versus what he's delivered, um, that's that's going that's sinking even further. So I think we've got a great pathway. Uh, to victory here. Um, our state convention is just nine months out in April, and we are campaigning now very hard every day across the state to remind people of that, to let them know about my vision, how I am a true conservative. I've got a, a track record of actually for 10 years in office, uh, standing up to the establishment. Uh, I like to say that mayors are on the front line of fighting back against federal overreach and state and yes. county. I, I get it at all levels. And so people know that, uh, who know me, and that reputation is getting out there. They know they have an alternative to Mitt Romney to put in a true conservative. And as you said, it's not just Utahns that want that. It's across the country. I've been humbled, really, by the response we've seen across the country. I've received donations from people, I think, now at 47 states in the country and uh, just endorsements from great individuals. Um, it's, it's just very, very humbling. Well, you know, I think a lot of people are motivated uh, for you and for your race because so many of us voted for Mitt Romney. We didn't have to live in the state of Utah to vote for Mitt Romney. We voted for him for president in 2012, and now we feel completely betrayed. So if I'm sitting in New York State, as I am right now, Mayor, and I feel betrayed by Mitt Romney, I can't imagine the folks in Utah how betrayed they feel uh, by Mitt Romney. And thank goodness that you have the courage and the fortitude uh, to, to step up and take him on. Let me ask you about the challenge of doing that, because we know the power of incumbency. So Mitt Romney is a national name. Obviously, he doesn't have to do any kind of name recognition work, which I know you have to do uh, coming from your position. But Romney also has you, you know, he's a pretty big character. He has a famous father, uh, long deceased, but his father, George Romney, was pretty well known. He's had a successful business career as a corporate turnaround guy. He was a former presidential candidate. Now he's a sitting U.S. senator. And yet he's been an incredible disappointment. But my question to you is, I, and I know you're putting in the legwork, the hard work, you're, you're uh, hitting the ground every single day. But how are you and your team going to overcome the built-in advantages that a Mitt Romney has, including the money, by the way. Yeah, it, it is going to be a challenge. I am not naive enough to think that that is, it's, uh, it's going to be easy, you know, despite the polling data and just anecdotally as we go around the state and, and hear from Utahns how betrayed, I think that was a great word used, uh, that they feel, they really do feel by Mitt Romney, but he does have quite the name ID and he has a lot of money or access to it. Um, 
I think that's a double-edged sword, however, because his name ID is so high and people are so opinionated about Mitt Romney. He can spend a lot of money. I don't know if it moves the needle much, um, but we do need uh, we do need to continue building the coalition we've started. I've got several mayors and county commissioners. Uh, the Fraternal Order of Police here in the state of Utah have all endorsed. They represent 5,000 cops or 70% of all law enforcement here in the state of Utah. And so we've got a great coalition that we built with the grassroots. Um, it will require money. This is, uh, sadly, these Senate races are multi-million dollar races. I mean, Mike Lee just ran this last cycle, and I think it was around $10 million uh, in total funds. It, yeah, in a state like Utah with 3.2 million people, it, it still is a quite an expensive endeavor. So um, we are we're out there every day campaigning, um, relying on that support, and very, very grateful for people that are giving it. And, and there are quite a few stepping up to do that. Well, I love hearing that. I really do. And that's why I want everybody to check you out at Trent Staggs. Uh, com. Go there, check them out. And if you like what you see, and if you like what you're hearing now on this show, please support him however you can. Um, are the voters of Utah, and I want to get into the issues that you're hearing about from them, but with regard to Romney, are they expressing that kind of anger, disappointment, and frustration with him uh, that we all feel? Are they expressing it directly to you? Yes, they are. Yeah, we're, we're seeing that across the state. Uh, people are are very frustrated with with him. And it's not just the voting record. I mean, that that is for sure a, a disappointing and feeling of betrayal. But Monica, it's also the fact that he doesn't come to Utah. I mean, I honestly, I sent out a tweet and said, serious question. When's the last time you anybody here has seen Mitt Romney? I mean, I'm a mayor of a top 20 city in our state. I travel all around the state. I never see him. I'm a state delegate in our um, in our GOP, our state GOP. He has not bothered to show up to the last two state, you know, annual conventions. Um, I even hosted the Salt Lake County GOP convention this past March. You know, 1.2 million people in our county, 1,500 delegates there in attendance. All of our federal delegation, I gave the opportunity, including Mitt Romney, to either attend in person or give a video. He didn't even bother his team and him. Mm. He just said, nope, I'll yield my time. So he doesn't bother to even show up here and really interact with the people and try to represent them. Yeah, I mean, that is really disgraceful because these uni party actors like Mitt Romney, they could care less about the people they supposedly are there to represent. In Romney's case, he doesn't need any more money, but he loves being part of that uni party system in Washington, which is so deeply entrenched and so deeply corrupt. And that's why we have to bounce these people, starting with Mitt Romney, starting with you doing that next year. Um, as you go around the state, Mayor, what are the top issues that you're hearing from Utah voters? Is it the economy, inflation, gas prices, the wide open border? I know uh, Utah out there in the West getting a lot of illegal immigrants coming into your state like the rest of us are. But what are voters telling you about what's most important to them? Yes, all of those things. But I, I, I if you go to TrentStags.com, you'll see that as your senator, I say to Utahs, I will champion every day smaller government, 
safer families and a stronger economy. And I've got some policy briefs that are tied to each one of those. I, I've got three or four on each one, but smaller government for sure. I mean, as I'm going around the state, um, spending is out of control, 32 trillion plus in debt. And when you take into account unfunded liabilities like you know Social Security and Medicare, we're well over hundred trillion dollars in debt and obligations here as a country. People, uh, we're, we eschew debt. I mean, here in my community, I've had to balance my budget every year for 10 years that I've been running it. And um, we hardly have any debt. Uh, Utahns do not like debt. And the fact that we've piled up this amount is a big deal to place on the heads of you know our children and successive generations. We think that's quite immoral. Um, so they want somebody to go back there and fight against this debt and this spending. They also take a look at taxes. We've got a incredibly high tax burden. Um, grateful for the 2017 tax cuts that President Trump had championed and got through. But that's uh, those are big deals. Uh, public lands are a big issue here, Monica. Most people don't realize that about two-thirds of our state is in federal hands. We don't even own it. Uh, the federal government owns two-thirds of our state, 80% of Nevada. It's, it's a big, big deal in these western states. We are better stewards of our property, of our land, and we should be taking control of that. And then with respect to immigration, of course, um, that that is a big topic. I mean, I think every state is now a border state, and it's just a complete disaster what is going on down there. I'm going to be actually visiting next month the border. I've been given the opportunity to do so uh, with Congressman Andy Biggs. He's, he's uh, reached out to me in Arizona, and I'm going to take him up on that. It's just it is a complete disaster what's going on, and people are very concerned about it here for sure. Well, the folks in Utah are very lucky that you have decided to, um, at great sacrifice to yourself, to step up here and take on Mitt Romney to try to ensure that we have, or you know, the state of Utah, but also the country, has somebody in the United States Senate who is America first. And you are unapologetically America first, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, this is, we have got to get back to the policies um, of the, of the Trump administration. And we, we saw, I saw firsthand the benefits to my residents, my constituents with lower taxes, with energy independence. That's a big deal too, out in Utah. That's kind of coupled with public lands issue. Uh, would love to have $2 a gallon of gas again. Right. I mean, this is just so impactful and foreign policy, the strength to have, um, to be on the world stage, to that America should have and that we did have and were respected and NATO finally picking up, you know, other European countries, their fair share of burdens that we're now not even seeing. They're spending hundreds of billions of dollars now in Ukraine. Um, it's, it's out of control. I saw also, we had a Riverton resident, one of my own that was imprisoned in Venezuela, that President Trump was able to successfully secure his release and come home. I mean, I just don't see that today. We have been so weakened on the world stage um, with this Biden administration. It's 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 a disaster. And we've got to get back to putting America first 100 percent. Well, we need as many America first folks in office as possible. So I admire you. I respect what you're doing. Remind us before we let you go. When is the primary in Utah? We have the caucus convention system in April. And then the primary is going to be in June, I suspect. Um, that's unfortunately, they create a dual pathway. Somebody can basically gather signatures and just buy their way on the, the Republican primary ballot and force a primary. 
Whereas it used to be, if somebody got 60% of the delegate vote at convention, they were automatically the Republican nominee in the general. Um, Mitt Romney, we know, won't even show up to the convention. He will just gather signatures and force his name on a primary ballot. So we're looking at uh, next June and we're fighting hard every day to get our message out and uh, make Utahns aware that there is an alternative. They've got a conservative and America first candidate that can represent them alongside our other great Senator Mike Lee in, in the U.S. Senate. Well, you have a little under a year to do that. I know you are um, hitting the pavement every single day. You and your team are working really hard uh, to meet as many Utahns as possible and to get your message out to them and to the rest of the country um, to allow everybody to know that there really is an America first alternative here. You don't have to vote for Mitt Romney. And Lord knows we need to bounce him next year if we're going to have any hope of restoring this country back to to what it once was. So I admire you so much for taking on this challenge. Mayor Trent Staggs of Riverton, Utah. Go check him out. His website is trentstaggs.com. Mayor, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I appreciate being on the show so much. Okay, guys, what a show, right? Uh, Thank you so much for being here, as always, and for checking out our phenomenal sponsors. We all really appreciate that. Have a wonderful weekend, and I'm going to see you right back here next Tuesday with much more and another huge show. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.